Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. the thought that I want to give you tonight. It's not what I planned on preaching, and uh, this service hasn't went at all like I thought it would, but that's okay. I want to read a passage tonight that is very cliche, I guess, to read at times like these, and it is a word from the 23rd Psalm, and I'll be honest with you, church, I've read this psalm probably hundreds, if not even more than that, of times. I've preached from these words countless times. I've referenced these words countless times, and I don't know if I've ever seen it the way that the Lord lets me see it today. Psalm 23, this is the Psalm of David. And of course, David is a man that has went through so many things that we can't even imagine. And here's what he said. He said, The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, the Lord is the one that's in control. He's the one that's leading my life. He's directing. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, he's saying there's, that, I, that there'll never be a time to where I'll lack anything. Right. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And here's the reason why. For thou art with me. As you think about these verses, David here saying the Lord's his shepherd. He's saying that he's not going to lack, that the Lord is making him to lie down in green pastures, just flourishing pastures. The Lord is allowing him to enjoy goodness and, 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 and a, a bounty of physical supply for his life. He's saying the Lord has, has made me to lie down, to engulf himself in the blessings of God, if you will. The Lord's led him beside the still waters where he can get a cool drink of water. That the Lord has uh, led him in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. All of those are wonderful things. All of those are, are great things. Very it, David seemingly has a very positive outlook and very positive view. And he's saying God is treating him so well in that moment. But all of those things... When we compare it to verse number four, yea, or when he says yea, it's, it's literally giving us an idea of where he says yea, though I walk. It's, it's changing focus, if you will. God's doing all of these great things, all of these wonderful things for me. And yea, though I walk, and he's talking about in that moment through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
the difference that takes him from standing in a valley of the shadow of death to where uh, death is around him and death, the, he mentions the shadow of death that indicates that David even fears for his own life. When death is on every hand, he says, I'll fear no evil. And the difference is, for thou art with me. For thou, that's right, it does. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. No matter what we go through, David said that the difference is that the Lord is with us. I'm thankful that I have a God that's with me whithersoever I go. He promised us that. that he, told, he told Joshua that in Joshua chapter number 1. He said that he was with him whithersoever thou goest. Whithersoever, that's good King James language for saying everywhere you go, I'm there. Job said that everywhere he looked, there was, that he couldn't find the Lord. But yet, if you study the book of Job, you'll find out that even though he may not have seen him in every day, Job was talking about, I didn't see him working in the circumstances of my life where I lost it all and I lost my children and I lost my possessions and it was all gone. I couldn't see God's hand in him. But if you study the book of Job, what you'll find out is that Job realized that God was right there all along when all of his friends, when all of his friends were telling him, Job, this is your fault. This is something that you've done to cause the judging hand of God upon your life. And Job essentially says that all he's tried to do is live for God. All he's tried to do is serve the Lord and to do what God would be pleased with and to try to have a watchful eye over the spiritual condition of his children. When Job lost it all, he was trying to take care of his children spiritually, making sacrifices for them and praying for them. And while he's serving God, he lost it all. If you study the book of Job, you'll find out that Job wasn't, God wasn't trying to hurt him. Job wasn't, or God wasn't trying to punish him. But he was trying to keep him off of others, and God was with him all along. Here we find a man that is in the valley of the shadow of death. I'll be honest with you, a place that I don't want to be. He was in a frightful place. He was in a hurtful place. He was, he, was, he was in a place that is discouraging and a place that uh, is, is, is not conducive to having these kind of thoughts that he's writing down. But because God is with him, he can say, I have confidence that the Lord's my shepherd. Job put it this way, that he knoweth the way that I take. And when he tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I was, I've told this family over and over again this week, I don't know why God's allowed this to happen. All I can tell you is, is our hearts break with you. You're not going through it by yourself. I've told them that over and over again, hoping that those words would be some kind of comfort. And I hope it is. To know that we we have a church family that and I and even those of you meeting for the first time we we have a church family here that we already love you guys and we don't want we don't want you to think that you're walking through this valley by yourself. 
But the greatest comfort at all is not that this pastor is going to be here, not that the pastor's wife is going to be there, the assistant pastor, assistant pastor's wife, deacon's wife, and deacon uh, church member, and uh, church member uh, gentleman, and church member lady will be here. But the greatest comfort is knowing that whithersoever we go, that God is with us. There's help I can't give. There's help nobody in this church can give. And whether it's this family or anybody else going through anything else, the greatest thing is knowing that God is with you. You say, preacher, I don't feel it. That's okay. You don't have to feel it. Because God's put it down in black and white for you to know it, even if you don't feel it. There's a whole lot of times that we walk through things in this Christian life that we don't feel and that we, we can't always feel. I don't wake up every day feeling saved. I don't wake up every day feeling filled that, that I feel like I'm filled with the Spirit of God. And, and I, don't, I, don't feel like, I, don't, I don't feel like Billy, Sun, Billy Sunday every Sunday. I don't feel like a powerhouse for God every time I'm doing something for Him. But it's not about how I feel. We have a book of promises. We have a book that declares God's love for us and that God only has the best intentions for our life. That He loves us. That He has a wonderful plan for our lives. That He knows the plan that He has for our life. And sometimes that plan allows us to walk through things that we don't understand. Valleys and the shadow of death. But God said here to David that it was God that caused him to say, I fear no evil because God was with him. That God was going to be the one that comforted him. He says in verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me. Notice that in all of these verses... David is speaking positively about his life, but it's not he's speaking positively about his life by just the way that things are, that everything is just great in his life. But if you look at each of these verses, and, and I felt like the, the Lord just popped this in my mind while I was sitting there listening to them saying that if you look at all of these verses, what makes David be able to make a positive declaration in his life despite the difficulty of being in the valley of the shadow of death is because the Lord's presence in his life is causing God to do all of these things for David. Notice he says in verse 2 that it is the Lord. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. And then because of that... I'm not going to lack. Because of that, I'm not going to go without. That the Lord maketh me to lie down in green pastures. When you're going through a storm, you can, you can see God's blessings and God's, uh, God abounding with help and strength, and you won't even notice it. Sometimes God will have that. He maketh. I don't know how that makes you feel, but it makes me feel like God is forcing him down into green pastures. Sometimes the shepherd has to make sure you're getting what you need, even when you're not capable of getting what you need. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Why? Because without the shepherd's help and care and concern, the sheep will wander all over the place. They'll thirst to death because they'll never make it to still waters. Or they'll go to raging waters and drown or get hurt or not be able to drink because the waters are too stirred. And they'll stay there. But only God can take them to still waters. 
God's doing this. God's restoring his soul. When his soul is depleted and his heart is depleted and he doesn't have anything in, in other words, soul is the deepest part of man and there's nothing left inside. God is able to restore and to feel and to give help again. Only God can do that. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When you're in a valley <coughs> where you're the, the, the place, when you're in a valley and your heart's broken and you're you're looking at death all around, you know where, where you're gonna be tempted to not go? The paths of righteousness. You're gonna be tempted to go anyway anywhere and everywhere else. When you're facing things, looking at things that you do not understand, you'll be tempted to go anywhere else other than where God wants you to be. And in those times, it's good to be saved by the grace of God and have a heavenly shepherd that will lead you in those paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. Where Christians, oftentimes where we as Christians get messed up in our walk with God and we fail the Lord is when we are dealing with the toughest things that we've faced as of late and we get careless or we get hurt or we get bitter or we get angry. And down on the inside of us, there's something that wants to stop and to quit and to give up or to simply not care or just to sit and just look at everything around you and become completely disheartened. And here the Bible says that it's for his name's sake. The times where I have, where I've been the least of, an, of a testimony for the Lord is when I have been overwhelmed, when I have been hurt, when I have been broken. And that's where I wasn't the testimony for Christ that I should be. And here we find David is even taking care of that. For, excuse me, God is even taking care of that for the sheep. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. David said, because the Lord's presence is there, but he's getting comfort from the Lord. And he looks in verse 5 at God, what God is doing. He is, he is comforting him. He is with him. And isn't one of the most comforting things just to know that there's, that there's somebody with you? He said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. You're taking care of all of my hurts. You see that anointing the head with oil, that's what they did to sheep that had gotten in fights and had got scrapes and hurts and wounds and had parasites and things that was causing them to be hurt. They'd pour the oil on and it would get in those wounds and it would begin a healing process. David said, I'm standing in a valley of the shadow of death and you're the one that's going to bring me healing. You're the one that has brought me healing. You're the one that is going to be the balm for all of my hurts. You're going to be the healing for all of the broken places in my life. He said, my cup runneth over. Can I submit this to you tonight? And, and, and I, I, when people are hurting, I try, and, and I know this may not sound this may not sound right, but I hope you know what I mean. When people are hurting, it's not the time to be overly preachy. When people are hurting, it's not the time to quote every verse that you know. 
because they most, especially most believers that are going through something, they know the verses. And they're in their mind and they're doing their best to cling to the promises of God. But they are so hurt that in that moment, the verses themselves can be more of a hurt than just someone putting an arm around them and say, hey, I'm here. To know what's right, but to feel so wrong inside, there's a conflict there that it causes even more hurt. Here, God gives this promise. Here's the reality of it. David said that with God helping him and, and being his shepherd and leading him and ministering to him as he has and letting him know that his presence is there for him, he said when he got to the end of it all, that his cup's running over. Because we have God's presence, our cup really does run over. The Lord's not going to stop trying to send healing and help and strength and mending up the brokenness that we have, no matter what it is that we're going through. God's not, going, God's not a God that does that. He's not going to stop. He anoints us and he said, my cup runneth. That's a continuous thing in our Bibles. It means it's without end. God's going to be pouring on the help over and over again, everywhere where there's a broken place. Verse number six, and again, this is easier to read and to say than it is to live. David said, even in the midst of his hurt and in the valley of the shadow of death, he said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I read these verses, it doesn't necessarily mean that David is on a mountaintop, but he realizes who he has in a valley. And that changes his perspective on everything. I don't know how people go through life without the Lord. I didn't accept Jesus Christ as my Savior because I was afraid to face life without Him. I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior because I realized that He loved me and He died for me. And I didn't want to go to hell. And He, made the, he, he paid the price that I didn't have to. That's why I gave my heart to Jesus. But I found out so much more about what I got when I got Him after I've been saved. And part of that... Part of that is these things. He's with me. He's not going to leave me alone. He's with me everywhere I go. He's going to allow goodness and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. Here, I wonder how many times do we let God change our perspective the way that David's did. He's in a valley of the shadow of death, but he has no sad stories to tell. He's in the valley of the shadow of death. But God's presence is making the difference every step of the way. No matter what it is that you go through in your life, if you're saved by the grace of God, there's a God that is with you. When you got saved, He came inside of your heart. He became the indwelling Christ in the Spirit of God. The Bible calls Him Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can't get more present than being in you. He is working in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He on the inside works out of us what pleases Him. He's in us working. Here He says, 
that because God is has in the midst of this time, God being with him changes his perspective. He puts it down and lets us know for time and eternity that it's possible for us. No matter what we're going through, no matter how big or how small the world may look at our trial and say that it is, these are the promises of God to us today. Every page in this Bible is a love letter from God to you. God's made promise after promise after promise after promise. Why? Because He's the Good Shepherd. He's the Great Shepherd. He's the Chief Shepherd. And all He wants to do is like a good shepherd to the sheep, He wants to direct our lives, keep us blessed, keep us abounding, especially spiritually, keep us feeding at His table, enjoying the goodness of God, enjoying paths of righteousness, and not falling off in a ditch somewhere, not getting hurt and hurting ourselves, and not, not, uh, not going, uh, flying off the handle. Not, not just going off on our own because there's comfort with His presence. You understand what I'm saying? When you, when you are where God wants you to be, that's where the comfort's found. That's where the help is found. And even in the dark, notice He says, the, the valley of the shadow of death. That sounds like a dark place. Valley with a shadow. Shadow. A shadow is a dark place. It, it's a place of the a place of absence of light, where there's something between you and the sun, and there's darkness cast in your direction. He's in a dark place, but yet he has no sad stories to tell. He's in a dark place, but his testimony is this: that God's made the difference. Amen. Who else can say that but those that know the Lord? Who else can say that but those who have God as their shepherd, that has the Lord as their shepherd, guiding them, protecting them, providing for them. That's what a shepherd does. He guides the sheep. He protects the sheep. He fights off anything and anyone that would want to harm the sheep. He provides for them. He protects them. He gives them all amount of provisions in their life. God says here, David said he's nothing more than a sheep, and God is his shepherd that is taking care of his life. Can I just remind you that no matter where you are right now, God is taking care of your life. If you're saved, he's doing it. And can I say this? Even if you don't know the Lord is your Savior, you're still breathing tonight. If there's still blood pumping in your veins and breath in your lungs and oxygen getting to your brain that allows you to live, God's been so good to you because if you were, if your heart were to stop and you were to die this second, lost without God, never having trusted Him as your Savior, you would be in eternal hell suffering forever under the wrath of God. But God's giving you more breath and another chance to accept Him. God is even shepherding your life. Even when you haven't accepted Him, He's still taking care of your life and protecting you. There's no one in this world, saved or lost, that has any reason to charge God with not being good to them. It's hard to let the Lord shepherd us sometimes. Because we have, we have our plans and our thoughts of what life ought to look like. 
We have, we have our things that we think that this is right in our life. But it doesn't always happen that way. God doesn't always allow it that way. So many times we as parents, we teach things to our children and we can't, we, we can't necessarily always communicate the why. Children love to ask why. My children do it all the time. God's children do too. There's so many times I tell my son, you're going to have to trust daddy because you're too young right now to understand the reason even if I gave it to you. And we're God's youngins. There's so many times that even if God let us have the why, we wouldn't understand why God does what he does. But Abraham said in the book of Genesis that the judge of all the earth is going to do right. We can either trust every word in this Bible or we can't trust a word of it. If you can't trust that the judge of all the earth is going to do right in your life, no matter what it is, you can't trust John 3.16. If you can't trust that God's going to be with you whithersoever you go, you cannot trust Romans 3.23. If you can't trust that his, that his presence is going to make the difference, and if you're saved, he's in you, and he'll never, he'll never be away from you. If you can't trust that then you can't trust Romans 10, 9. Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you can't trust one, you can't trust the other. This Bible's meant to believe in its entirety or it's not meant to be believed at all. If, you can, if there's one verse in this Bible you cannot believe, you can't believe any of them, and this Bible should just be thrown in the trash and discarded from your life if we can't believe at all. All of these promises are for you from a God that loves you, from a God that wants to shepherd your life. And no matter what we go through, aren't you thankful that we have a God that is concerned with us? That he, look, he, he sits up on high and he looks down low and he considers man. This is the verse that I was going to preach on tonight and it is applicable. One of the verses that is... David said this in Psalm 144, verse 3, Lord, what is man that thou takest knowledge of him, or the son of man that thou makest account of him? Man is like to vanity, and his days are as a shadow that passeth away. In other words, he's saying, God, I'm so little and you're so big. Why would you even take the time to think on me? Why would you even take the time to take knowledge of me, to have an intimate knowledge of who I am, to desire a relationship with me? Why would you make account of me? That is an in, that's an intricate account. That's a mathematical uh, ledger, if you will, that God is keeping record. God is keeping score with me, who I am. Why are you that interested in me? to where you would, when you are running the universe and doing all the things that you do, to where you'd know my name and what I'm going through. It's an amazing thought, but we have a God. Why would David ask those questions? Because David know God, knows that God is that concerned about him. God knows the number of the hairs upon our head. God knows everything about us. He, the Bible says that, it says that if the Lord considers the lilies of the field... 
then we can guarantee that those of us that are here tonight, much more than lilies, much more than sparrows, God's taken thought upon you. God's concerned with you. And you may feel like God's abandoned you tonight or that God's letting you go through something that, that, that you just don't understand why. Just remember that all the while, even though it may seem at times that he's distant, Job felt that way. But he found out that the Lord knows the way that I take. I read this this afternoon on that verse, and again, I wasn't planning on mentioning it. I just saw where, saw where there was a preacher friend of mine that was preaching on. He shared a picture of his Bible, and he had this written in the margin. He said, I don't need to know the way that I take as long as he knows the way that I take. And he said, when he's tried us, we'll come forth as gold. Some of us tonight are in a furnace but God promises on the other side, you'll be gold for it. There'll be things of impurities and things that'll come out of your life and you'll be better off because you went through the fire. God help us tonight. Amen. That's all I have. Father, we come before you tonight and Lord, we do pray for your help. We do pray for your strength to touch this congregation. Lord, this is not what I had in store for tonight, not what I had planned. But, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd help touch the Lord. Use these songs that was sung. Use time around the altar. Use this simple thought, God, that you led me just to try to encourage our folks with. Lord, I know so many in our church as of late have been hurting. Lord, God, we've got families in our church that are dealing with loss. And, Lord, God, our church... I feel like, Lord, can't handle too much more pain. But, Lord God, you're able to see us through and able to help us and give us strength when we need it. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us should help to rely on you, even when it's hard, even when it's painful. Help us, Lord, to trust in your promises more than we trust how we feel. And, Lord, know that you know the way that we take. Lord, that you're working all things together for good to those that love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, that you're going to be with us every step of the way. And whatever your plan is, according to the Bible, it has to be right. Lord, that your grace will be sufficient for everything that we go through. And Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord God, to allow ourselves to be led by our good and great and chief shepherd. Please, God, help us, I pray, as only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's have Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com. <laughs>